This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Chase Brown of Elevate Software Designs. How's it going, Chase? Hello, hello. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excited to have you. Um, take a couple minutes before we really dive into the business and just give us a quick background on your life. Yeah, so I am 22. I'm originally from Las Vegas. I moved to Arizona about four years ago to go to ASU. Um, I am studying software development and computer science. Okay. So I'm a full stack web developer and just software developer. Um, I started my company, Elevate Designs, last year uh, around COVID. And then, you know, uh, now we're here. Everything's been uh, smooth ever since. Nice, nice. So go you Devils. You really hear that uh, smooth and COVID in the same <laughs> sentence. So. This is true. It's unique, unique. Well, yeah, we'll definitely get into that and how that's kind of been the case. Um, take us back to uh, deciding to go to, to college, uh, mm-hmm. getting into software. Is that something that you always wanted to do? No, actually. So when I first went into college, I was um, a business major. I was in business law and then I switched to business communication. And oh, I was wow. like, I just hated business. Like, I think majoring in business is one of like the most useless majors out there. Um, and I was looking for something that I, I knew that I wanted to go into like engineering and actually like learn something. Uh-huh. So um, I just thought of computer science and coding and software. Like everybody has an iPhone, but no one knows how it works. And so I was like, that's kind of a problem. So I wanted to go and study that and study software and get into that. So, you know, here I am, you know, three and a half years into that major and it's been really smooth. I love it. Wow. Um and those those business majors you took at first was that also at ASU? Yes. Okay. Going into business, so did you have any um, aspirations to to start your own business at the time? Yeah. So when I was in high school, that's kind of when I first started going to like business development. So okay. When I I actually didn't want to go to college at first. I wanted to kind of just be one of those guys who like skipped college and yeah. just like I love that story of just like skipping college and just starting my own business. But uh-huh. um, I ended up going to college and. Um, went into business thinking that it would like help me kind of kick off my own business. But, um, I learned that spending four years to major in business is actually just kind of counterintuitive. Um, there's a lot more in just like, like this, like talking to like other hustlers, like going to AZ entrepreneurs events, um, and connecting with people like that's entrepreneurship. That's, you know, um, building a business, but you know, majoring in a business is like, I remember my, my first business 101 class, they were teaching us how to write a professional email and how to write a resume. And I was like, yeah, this is it for me. So <laughs> that's why yeah, I went to um, software because I knew if I wanted to start my own business, um, I needed like a really strong tool um, or service I could provide other people. So software. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love the mindset. I've never really thought about it. Like like you said, everyone has an iPhone, everyone has a smartphone, but no one knows really the back end of how it works. Yeah. Um, is that just like, do you have a really curious mind that you're always thinking about those sorts of things? Or how did you kind of come to that conclusion that that was a, a good route to take? That's a great question. I don't know. I've just always kind of, I always, like I, everybody is drawn towards like smartphones mm-hmm. and social media and um, all these things that are kind of driving our life that are all just driven by algorithms. So, you know, if you pick up your phone right now, like the, the software you're using right now to record this podcast, um, we're all driven by software. We all use it every single day. But, you know, again, like no one knows how it works. No one knows really how to create it. So right. I thought it would just be like super useful and, and something that I, it would be worth studying and going into. Yeah. So you loved the idea of, you know, skipping the whole college process. So what made you decide to end up going and then now continuing to go now mm-hmm. that you're on a path that you like, but still continue to go to college, even though, mm-hmm. you know, originally you wanted to kind of skip that. What what kind of led to the decision that college was going to be a, a good decision for you? Yeah, uh, definitely. My parents had a, <laughs> a strong role in that. Um, and I, I came to the conclusion that I was just very ignorant at the time. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs actually have something to truly offer at that time where they're like, yeah. okay, I have like a, a specific route. But for me, I was like, I was just young and dumb and I was like, no, like I'm going to figure it out. You know, I'll do like, um, multi-level marketing or like <laughs> affiliate marketing. I'll figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I'll make a lot of money, but, um, true entrepreneurship is, is learning something worth giving to others, worth bringing value to other people. And you know, if. At that point, I had nothing to offer anyone. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I'll just go to college and learn at least the fundamentals of business. Um, but then it turned into, um, you know, studying business is, you know, counterintuitive. Let me actually learn something worth giving everybody. Right, right. Was it a hard decision to, I don't know how long you went to business school for, but to kind of switch majors and, and kind of throw away everything that you had done up to that point to get into software or do something else? Um, kind of. It was kind of a no-brainer. At that point, after like a year of business, I, I didn't feel like I learned anything. I mean, yeah, that was like one year that was like definitely down the drain because I had to pretty much start over. Uh-huh. Uh, business and engineering don't really like go together. There's nothing that really um, passed over. But it was like definitely like if I was going to stay in college and invest my time, money and energy into a college degree, it might as well be something worth learning. You know, yeah. so it was kind of a no brainer at that point. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming with software, you're learning how to code. You're learning all this back end stuff. Do you mind just out of curiosity, giving us a quick quick little mini software lesson, kind of dumb it down and teach us a couple of things. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Gosh, there's so much. Um, so everything is basically built on the same, um, language. So there's probably like 12 languages that I know, and most of them are actually just built on C uh-huh. and it's just coding is just telling a computer in a different language on like what you want it to do. Yeah. Right. So in learning like Spanish, German, Chinese, it's all pretty much just another language. And that is just computer language, right? You're telling a computer that you're giving it certain instructions and you, you want it to follow these instructions. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's actually pretty simple. You have variables, you want to manipulate those variables, um, you know, take into account, you know, user input or, um, it's just kind of getting from point A to point B. Um, I don't know, man, it's, 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 that's a tough one, but um, yeah, it's just kind of any other language, and I highly, highly recommend anybody learning it, whether it's taking a master class or a Udemy class. Like, it's a, definitely a language worth learning for anybody. That's cool. So, a lang- I like the way you put it. It's basically a language. Yeah. And yeah, it is such like a a useful tool now, and mm-hmm. it's interesting how so so little people know how to do it and how mm-hmm. to use coding, even though it's such an important aspect of kind of everything we do now. Right. So that's really cool. 
Well, talk to us about, you know, the process of, of while you're going to school um, and then coming up with this idea that you wanted to start a business specifically, um, exactly what you're doing. Tell us about, you know, how that idea came about. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to meet um, some really awesome driven people um, a few years back, actually my freshman, sophomore year. Um, my roommate's really good friend at the time was like, he was a very driven entrepreneur. Um, he was very business literate. And um, he brought me on to a startup company called Rome. Now, they brought me on to do app development for them. Um, we were basically automating the whole real estate process. It was a, an extremely large project. Um, and it was a team of, I think it was like eight to 12 of us. And it was some of the most driven guys I've ever met and still till this day. And unfortunately, the company fell through kind of like right before COVID um, just to like poor leadership. But um me and a couple of other guys, we learned a lot. We learned how to freaking create a mobile app. Yeah. And then later on, a good friend of mine out of that same company brought me on to a different project, uh, making a mobile app for that company. And it was just, it was something that we knew how to do. And we were like, well, why don't we just, you know, start an LLC and kind of just start creating mobile apps. So we started creating mobile apps um, for a couple of different companies, trading companies, educational companies. And then we decided to go over into websites and web development. So that's kind of where our main focus is right now. Um, we've been doing that for, gosh, probably eight or nine months now, just focusing solely on websites just because yeah. um, a mobile app is an extremely big monster. But a website is kind of, you know, every company needs a website. So we learned how to build websites and that's kind of what we're, uh, sure. we're doing now. That's cool. And so you started after you knew about covid after covid had kind of hit what went into deciding to start a business right when so many businesses are kind of you know spinning out of control and, and having to shut down and uh, and really struggling you know what what went into the decision to think hey now is the time where i'm going to start a business <laughs> that's actually a really good question so um the bright side of being a tech startup um especially one that creates software yeah. is you have no overhead um there is no expense to really creating any type of software other than just software mm -hmm. to, to make that software, yeah. which is mostly free or you can get a free trial um, or, you know, the subscription is, is little to none um, when you're first starting out. So we really had no expenses um, other than just our time. So we would just get together and just kind of start creating, start designing um, and putting together like the structure of these mobile apps for these companies. And it took, you know, little to no money. All just, all it took was, you know, Adobe design features mm -hmm. and, um, just a couple guys, and and then we would pitch, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar mobile app, and uh, yeah, so it kind of just um, it's the bright side of being a tech startup, and there's there's no overhead really. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Going back uh, originally, I loved your definition of entrepreneurship that you know true entrepreneurship is giving value to others, mm -hmm. and you thought you wanted to be an entrepreneur, but you said you didn't really have anything of value to offer. Right. Um. How did that shift uh, over those period of three years from, hey, I've got value now. I've got something that I can give. Talk mm -hmm. to us about that mindset shift that you had. Yeah, so I think a lot of people paint the idea of entrepreneurship to be this glamorous um, lifestyle, which, I mean, it is down the road, but um, you're kind of chasing the wrong idea of it. And that's kind of what I was doing when I was like fresh out of high school. I was like, I know I don't want to work a normal nine to five, which sounds super cheesy. A lot of people say that's very cliche, but it was true. Um, and I was just chasing, you know, that lifestyle, just having a lot of money, being financially free. I got into uh, Amway. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Amway, but um, they pitch exactly that. And that's kind of how they reel you in. And then I 
I learned that it just it wasn't gonna happen that way. It's not gonna happen just trying to like, chase a, a glamorous lifestyle if I don't have anything to offer people. Um, but not only that, but you know, learning something that the world could use, um, the one thing that the world is is using just to just purely innovate is just technology and software. All the biggest companies right now, Netflix, Amazon, they're all tech companies that are just providing software for the world. And so that's kind of, I guess that that was like that major transition. That was a good question because I've never actually thought about that, but that was definitely a transition I had in my life for sure. Would you say that that has kind of transitioned like your what your purpose is as an entrepreneur? Like, is that still, and there's nothing wrong with it, but are you still thinking about, hey, I just want, you know, to be financially free, to have flexibility mm-hmm. over my time and schedule? Um, is that still the end goal or has it kind of moved more towards just this opportunity to help people um, with your skill set? Yeah, I would definitely say a, a mixture of the two. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to be financially free? <laughs> who doesn't want to be kicking it in Costa Rica in 10 years right. with like nothing to think about, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but now it's more so, you know, I want to move away. You know, I have my dream places that I want to move to, but I also want to like retire my mom. I also want to give back to my friends and family um, that helped me kind of get to the point where I'm at now and then so on. Um, but also I do want to continue to provide things for the world. Like, you know, even when, um, if I do get to like a point financially where, um, you know, I call myself successful or financially like, um, stable, like I'd still want to be able to give back to people. I still want to be able to, um, work on software projects or, you know, whatever the hell it is that I'm doing in 10 years. Um, I guess the idea of being just like financially free and just kicking it back, you know, on the beach somewhere, like doesn't really sound as appetizing to me anymore but at the same time like who doesn't love you know having a lot of money or who doesn't love being financially free or having a lamborghini you know yeah so yeah yeah. and it's i'm sure part of it is just the the ability to have those things if that is what you want at that point and i so i think it's really healthy to have kind of a mixture of you know doing this because it's a passion because you want to help people Mm -hmm. but also you know and while you're helping people you do have to help yourself at some point and do things that you love and, and help yourself so i think it's a good balance to kind of have both of those things in mind while you're you're growing and building a business. Exactly, yeah. Um, so you spoiled the big secret about entrepreneurship that it's not always flashy, it's not always you know fun and easy, and it's not all about the cars and the money and the mm-hmm. the Costa Rica beaches. So what's the experience been for you? Like, what have been some of the hard parts of of starting and growing your business so far? Oh man, gosh, you're killing it right now. These questions are awesome, man. So um, honestly, it's just balancing um, my time and energy. So I have a full time job. And I have, I go to full-time school. So obviously I'm still a a senior in in computer science and I have a lot going on with that. Um, And then I'm also running a business. So just like the only thing that's been hard is just balancing my time. Um, I absolutely love like um, just eating it. I love, you know, connecting with people. I love hitting meetings and challenging myself in these like, um, like business literate situations. Like Mm -hmm. at first like meetings used to be like very stressful for me. Um, But now like I, I love them and I just love the whole process of like being kind of like running my own business and like watching it grow. Cause it's like, I'm like me and like my small team of three guys, like we're like, it's, it's on our back and our yeah. back only. And it's, it's super fun that way. But, um, yeah, I would just say like the only thing that has been the toughest is just balancing all the time. And the various things that I have, it's like a, a circus show all the time. <laughs> sure. What would you say, what's your best advice to someone that's going through something, something similar, whether it's school, job, mm-hmm. family, whatever it is that they have to balance with, you know, starting and growing a business, what's the best way to kind of organize your time and make sure you're putting, you know, the proper amount of time and effort towards everything that you're doing? Yeah. Um, always put time into yourself. There's plenty of time in the day that you can allocate it towards studies, homework, work, 
you know, creating a website or whatever it is that you offer. Um, but if you don't focus on yourself, then you're not going to make it in the long run. Um, I, in this year, 2021, I'm prioritizing one thing, like my, the main thing, and that is my physical and mental health, uh, making sure I set time a day every day to work out, eat right. Um, my schedule is, um, basically it's put down to a T of every minute. Um, every hour that I'm supposed to eat, every hour that I'm supposed to sleep, every hour that I'm supposed to be working on this or that. Um, but I always prioritize, you know, eating clean and like making sure I make it to the gym for at least like an hour and a half or to two mm-hmm. hours. Um, and that is like the most important thing that you could do for yourself is just make time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so did I hear you right that you're, you're scheduling out every hour of every day like that? Yeah. And is that something that is natural for you? Like, are you naturally a planner or are you more of more of a free spirit? Natu- like if, <laughs> if you didn't have to, would you, some people like to plan, is that you or would you rather not if it wasn't for the benefits that come from it? Um, I definitely like to plan. It's just something that I've kind of just started doing like over time. Uh-huh. I know my freshman year in college, I was just like showing, I like knew when to go to class. And, like I knew like what assignments I had to do or like what work I had to do and I would just do it. But when you're balancing so many things, it's like you just kind of need yeah. something to look at to kind of like put your mind at ease because um, if you don't have, you know, a specific way to plan certain things, then it's just like everything's just jumbled in your head and you know you have to do something, but you don't know when. Exactly. Just, it gets so much harder that way, you know, so it's just kind of something I've, um, definitely a skill I've accumulated over time. Yeah. And I asked because I don't like to plan, but it's something <laughs> that, that I've been working on, especially this year. And it's crazy how much more time you feel like you have in your day when you plan out every hour and you know that you have, you know, this amount of time to do this. Um, and so it, it delays stalling and procrastination and you get so many more things done. And it's not like what you said, where you have so many things to do, you know, you have something to do, but you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just having some sort of organizational schedule throughout your day is, is huge for people that are juggling more than one thing at the same time. So thanks for sharing that. hundred percent. Let's dive into the actual business. Tell us, I know you mentioned a website and apps. Is that kind of the, the forefront of what you guys offer as a business? Tell us, you know, who, who your clients are, who your customers are. Tell mm-hmm. us what is Elevate Designs. Yeah, so Elevate Designs, I guess the elevator pitch would be we design and develop web and mobile apps. Um, But that's kind of like our our two main things. We first started to just focus on mobile apps. And then we decided to shift over to websites because more companies need a a website more than they need a mobile app. And also mobile app is extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to help more people that way. So we switched over into websites. That's kind of like our our main thing, those two things. So, uh, yeah. So at, at what point do you recommend a company consider a mobile app? Because there mm-hmm. is more cost, obviously, mm-hmm. and more investment in that. Uh, talk to us about, okay, I've got a web presence and it's doing this. And, and what would be the scenario where you would really push somebody to consider a mobile app? Um, if you have an extremely large user base, um, we've done a mobile app for like some trading companies. So there's a lot of companies out there that are offering um, like education on trading um and like like for whether it's forex trading day trading swing trading um and they are also so they're pushing out education they also need communication and then they also need their um, like trading platform right there's a lot of companies that use a bunch of different apps to kind of bind their system right and so we had you know various projects where we would link basically link all those together you know, they're using Telegram to communicate with like their entire user base of like 
300, 400 people. Mm -hmm. And then they're using this app to teach them their curriculum. And then they're using this app to have these meetings on. They're using this app to, you know, it's just, it gets, it gets a little insane, right? Well, then just have everything in one place. So we'll basically just create a, almost like a privatized social media for you. So you can teach in one place, communicate in one place, um, you know, educate and, and just get everybody together in, in, in one place, you know, all of your users, all of your clients and, uh, and whatnot. So, so from that example you shared, it sounded like an app can be not only beneficial for, for a company's customers, but also kind of on the back end mm-hmm. and eliminating the need for 10 different softwares and apps, but just having one thing for all of your, your back end work to be done on. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. That's cool. What about in terms of like an app specifically for customers? I guess if you can expand our horizons on on some opportunities, um, maybe a business could have, if you think it is, um, if it's financially a possibility, like what Mm -hmm. are some things that uh, maybe a service-based business or or a retail or a Mm -hmm. a food and and beverage business, like what are some things that they could use an app for that would be beneficial to them and their customers? That's a great question. So, um, well, the one thing is that everybody has a phone in their hand, <laughs> so and everybody has apps on their phone. Yeah. So I think um, a mobile app would be just way better to communicate certain things to um, your user um, or your client, your client base before a website, because a website doesn't do anything unless they log into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they could go in and interact with it, they can find more about you. But if they download your app, you now have a couple different things. You have their information and where they're at, and that sounds a little scary, but um, um, you can set out push notifications to them and you can update it all the time and they could see it. So it's just more beneficial to kind of just have like that, that personal connection with yeah. just like your one client or your one user. Um, and then obviously like scale it across like, you know, thousands of users. Right. And websites are just, I don't know. I, I just, I think. You know, everybody has a website, but not everybody has a mobile app. So it's kind of like what I said earlier, kind of like flipped on its head, right? So we want to offer websites because more companies need websites. Right. But I think a, a mobile app is just better in terms of, you know, connecting with your clients at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Yeah. How long is the process of creating an app for a company? Yeah. So the design phase, actually everything starts with a consultation between uh-huh. the website and mobile app. So from consultation, we kind of gather like what functionalities, how like you want it to look, um, basically what your end goal is. And then we go into uh, design. So design consists of obviously like the UX UI designs, the user interface, and then our wireframes. So we basically map out the backend structure of like, you know, how we're going to use um, data storage, how we're going to, you know, what every button does and, and where we can take and store certain information. Yeah. Um, and then we will give that and present it to the company in the next um probably i'd say like one or two months and then we will we have a team overseas in the ukraine that we that help us specifically with mobile apps so we handle websites ourselves but um again mobile apps take a lot of different people i could create a website by myself um but a mobile app takes probably about 12 people to make um and a lot of resources so we contact our team overseas um in probably a month after we get the okay from um, the company that likes you know what we have to offer them, um, and then we once we were able to put that team together, we go back to the company, and then um, we start development, which takes about four to five months. Mm-hmm. So in the grand scheme of things, you're looking at anywhere between seven months to twelve months 
um, from consultation to actual deployment. Okay. Yeah. So it is a pretty lengthy process. There's a lot that yeah, goes into it, which lengthy. explains why it's a lot more expensive to build an app than just a website. Yeah. Cool. And when it comes to a website, obviously it's a, it's a bit more obvious to people the importance of a website, why you need it. These days, it is a lot easier for anyone to, without any coding experience, to go and, and create their own drag and drop website. What is the benefit of of coming to someone like like Elevate Designs, um, who has that coding experience, and having them create your website for you? Yeah. So basically, what you just said. So you know, companies like Wix or Shopify, um, they offer an extremely restricted. Um, designer base for a website um, it's literally just a drag and drop website and yeah. there's not very many templates you could use um, but with you know programmers who basically can start from the bare bones you know we know software and um, platforms that we could use to basically anything's possible however you want it to look like however you want it to be animated um, it's all kind of um, on the table with us that's cool talk to us about some of the important aspects of a website some things that you always make sure to implement um, when you're creating a website for a company their social media and contact us for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah that's always the same um i mean they have their, their home their home page and and uh home page is consisted of like most of like the same stuff uh-huh. um just kind of depending on like what it is that you need particularly but um, their social media and contact page is like always the same so make sure to always like link their social media in there um, so there's like different routes that they can take to kind of find out more about who you are. Gotcha. So, something like we always do. Yeah. So a way to connect, basically a way to connect to their social media from their website, like a page where they can directly. Exactly. Or like multiple places on the website where you can click um, their social media. Just basically the same thing that we always do is just implementing more ways to connect. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to to get customers in this day and age where it's so, because obviously you're a lot more restricted with something like Wix and Shopify, like you said, but people might not know that and they think they're saving a lot of money by doing it on their mm-hmm. own. So it's a lot harder to get to convince people to, to pay the premium for a completely customized website. Actually, no. So these days, what's so awesome about being in the industry that we are is that we have no niche. You know, people ask us like, what are your niche? What are the clients that you go for? And the, que- uh, the answer to that question is, is, you know, we don't, we have no niche and What's interesting is every company needs a website these days. Whether you're a food truck business, you have you have a clothing brand, a makeup company, or you know whatever it is, like yeah. you're gonna need a website. Yeah. So um, it's been pretty easy, especially with Arizona entrepreneurs. Go ahead and just like plug Easy Entrepreneurs right here. <laughs> um, they have an incredible events and an incredible um, network of people who are all either starting companies or they have running companies, but. Most of them need websites. You know, a lot of our companies, um, a lot of the companies that come to us are from Arizona, Arizona entrepreneurs. So it's been it's been pretty uh, pretty smooth process so far. That's cool. Um, so that's kind of the answer to my next question. Maybe there's there's another aspect of it. But what else have you done to kind of um, I guess get clients? Has it just been strictly networking and, and going to events where you meet people? Or is there anything else you've done in terms of advertising, marketing to uh, to to have people find out about Elevate Designs. Yeah, um, strictly networking so far. So we've never really had to invest in any type of like marketing other than like Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, about 100% of our of our clients that we've had so far are all just like networking and, and uh, through word of mouth. That's awesome. Yeah, networking is, uh, is such an important and I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, it's just part of a business and really for any business, I think there's there's a place for you in networking and just uh, meeting people, whether that's going to like 
networking events or just in general networking, meeting other business owners, um, people that either have business for you or that could refer you to other people to have business. Right. I guess, how did you learn the importance of networking? Um, Arizona entrepreneurs, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, um, one thing I loved about being a computer scientist, I just loved never leaving my room. Mm-hmm. So I got so used to just like, uh, just kind of closing off and, and not having to like really talk to people. Um, so through AZ entrepreneurs, I've really learned like the true, um, importance of, of connecting with people. Um, but also, um, my friend Ben Dixon, I have to give him a lot of, uh, a lot of props here because his thing his number one thing that sets him apart for most people is his ability to network with people. Um, and so, you know, that being like one of my closest friends, you know, me watching him, um, whether we're at a bar or at a grocery store or at a gym, you know, he will talk to somebody and find out who they are and, you know, potentially later on the road, how they can, you know, collaborate. Yeah. So that's been awesome. What do you think the key is to being a good networker like that? Is it just like doing it? Is it just talking to people? Is there, yeah. is there, does he have some sort of like secret technique when it um, comes to talking to people? Creating a connection. Because like I, I've talked to millions of people. I'm, yeah. We've all talked to millions of people. Yeah. But do you really remember who they are? No. Uh-huh. But when you, re- when you make that connection with somebody and they remember you, then they're a lot more likely to, you know, well, not only remember who you are, but also like collaborate with you in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. Who are some people that that you have in your network now that have been, you know, role models and examples to you when it comes to to business and, and growing your business? People that you've you know been able to take tips and advice from. Uh, definitely Ben Dixon. Yeah. Um, insane entrepreneur, absolute savage. Currently running four companies, including myself. Um, sorry, including my company and Arizona Entrepreneurs, helping Devin Ray with that. And Devin Butler is, is an incredible inspiration as well. Um, pretty much. My circle of like my closest friends right now in Arizona are all just like absolute savages and they all like um, inspire me in, in tons of different ways. So if there's, I guess, kind of leading off of that, if there's one tip that I can give anybody listening to this, it's, you know, create a circle of people that motivate you and inspire you and like teach you stuff that could help you today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's yeah? What's the key to like finding those people? And also, if you do have people in your life that maybe aren't the sort of people that are, are bringing you up, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the right way to put this, but not yeah. removing them from filter. your life. Yeah, yeah. How do you filter them? Yeah. How do you filter like people who are? Uh, that's a great question. So, I mean, we all have people in our life that doesn't exactly you know match what our ambitions today. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's just knowing who to listen to and who to not, you know. I mean, my closest friends back home, 
some of them don't match my ambitions that I have here in Arizona. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, they are my friends. They've they've seen me grow up. I have an extremely strong connections with them. Um, but it's knowing who to take advice from and who to not um, on different um, levels, on like different topics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like I know Ben Dixon, I can go to him um, for any business question or, or, or any really um, crazy life tip or entrepreneurial tip, right? But I can't go to my friends over here who have no experience in, in, in entrepreneurship or these friends over there who have never even read a business before, you know? So yeah. just yeah. knowing uh, who to talk to and, and who to listen to on uh, different topics or lessons, I guess. So Chase, initially you mentioned uh, the, the greatest value of being an entrepreneur is to be able to contribute and give value. Uh, one of the negatives of the networking experience is you get people that are uh, just going there to take, 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 you know, yeah. they're, they're not there. How do, how do you uh, get your mindset right to, to contribute value in these mm-hmm. networking opportunities? Wow. Because um... especially as a starting you know as a young starting entrepreneur like you need help you need the Bendixons to say hey here's my buddy Chase and you know use him to you know you need that and and that's a a real gift to somebody who's just getting started off exactly and yet at some point you have to shift from the receiver to the giver right and Mm -hmm. so uh, and and the more you give ironically the The more more you you receive. receive so how do you get your mind right in these networking situations to to be in the mindset of, okay, what can I contribute here? Yeah, so, um, again, it's it's kind of easy being, like, what I do in, in just, like, creating websites and creating, um, like, I also do, like, social media marketing. Like, I, I also do, like, a lot of um, different things that, you know, a lot of people need. And I just love being able to, like, connect with them and, you know, kind of see if and where I can kind of fit myself in and where I can help them out. Um there's a you have more value as a person that is helping others because then at the end of the day when you need help there's gonna be a lot of people there to help you and so i think that is probably like the biggest motivator in in helping others i heard it put the other day is viewing other people as a bank account is if all you do is just withdraw from people they're gonna run out of money to give you but if you're focusing on depositing money and uh, advice and help into everyone around you um, they're going to be full of money for when you eventually need help to, mm-hmm. to be able to take those withdrawals. And it doesn't mean that, you know, the only reason you're helping people is so you can get something in return, I'm not saying that. Um, but when you are having a mindset of what can I do to, to help this person? How can I give? How can I be beneficial to these people around me? Then when you do need that help, eventually then it comes around and, and they can help you as well. So I thought that was a cool analogy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a lot of takers out there, but they, st- they still need websites. So. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you have a, a specific style when it comes to websites? Because there's so many different websites and and styles, and I don't think any of them are necessarily right or wrong. But you can definitely tell, like, oh, this is a this style is a little different than this. Do you have uh, something that kind of sets you apart? Yeah, definitely a lot more of like a modern type of clean style. Like, yeah, I like very modern like fonts and like modern feels of things. Um, yeah, I I watch a lot of like videos on on how to create like a more like modern type website with modern animations just like I like clean new age type of like futuristic kind of styles yeah yeah and I think you've done a great job at branding your company because it comes off as a very modern clean look when you look at your logo when you look at your social media and your Instagram Thank that's you. what I would guess when <laughs> when you look at that so well, I did the social media I, I design all of our uh, our Instagram um, templates and stuff for you so I hope it does thank you <laughs> love it 
was the, with the history of, of the web, <clears throat> how often should a company refresh their website? Like, uh, you know, yeah. it, it, what was an ideal website design five years ago is not what it is today uh, and 10 years ago, especially in 20 years, yeah. you know. So how often should a company really look to look at their web presence and say, okay, we need a refresh. We need a new set of eyes on this and let's yeah. let's redesign our web presence. Yeah, so I think um, more times than not, you should always have a, like a, a definitely someone on the back end to tell you when you should. Um, I mean, I've seen websites that have been, you know, 10 years old that are perfectly fine today. Um, I've seen websites that are, you know, that have also been five years old, but also definitely need a refresh. Um, if you offer something new, if, if you if your company has changed quite a bit since the point of you deploying your first website, like you definitely need to refresh. But here, the thing is, is um, what my company offers is, um, though we deploy a website for you, we have a six to 12 month retainer um, as basically like your tech team. You pay us like a small monthly subscription and we will be there um, for you for the next six to 12 months if you need anything updated. If you offer a new product, we can update it. If you want to add a new functionality or you want to add a new or new team or product or whatever we could be there to update it for you so um you could refresh your, your website as as often as not um you know i think that's definitely the way to go but you know it's not always required love it um do you have other people on the team with you is it just you running elevate designs or do you have uh, a couple other whether it's contractors or employees that are working with you yeah so there's three main um team members that i have so well, I guess three members, including myself. So yeah. there's me. Um, there is Derek Nickerson, which is our lead developer, um, absolute savage, and another programmer that I met in that original startup company. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously Ben Dixon as well, which is our business developer. Uh, we do freelance work to certain, like talent in certain companies, yeah. um, whenever it's necessary, whether mm -hmm. it's like um, doing it for you know databases or streaming, or we simply just need you to like design something or develop something for us. Um, just like in the instance of like time or, you know, whatever the case may be, we do have like a portfolio of, of awesome developers overseas and here in Arizona locally um, that can help us with, you know, pretty much anything that we need. Yeah. How did the three of you kind of split up the tasks and responsibilities and roles within the business? Yeah. So we use what's called a waterfall process model. Um, everything kind of starts at the top. Um, ben funnels things in, funnels business in and, and is also like our business developer. So he kind of just points us in the right direction. And then uh, me and Derek kind of like take on like all the hard work. So um, he funnels clients in, we consult them. I will do all the designing of the, like, the original consultation and I will present to you like what we think your you know, website or mobile app should look like. And then once you give it the okay, we'll finish off designs. I'll pass it off to Derek. Derek will develop, uh, basically make it look good, make it work right. You know, a, a website can look as pretty as you want, but if it doesn't work, then it's useless. So um, Derek is our developer, making sure everything um, is implemented correctly and then kind of just finishes it off and then deploys it. Yeah. I've actually never heard of the the waterfall um, filter. Could you maybe expand on a bit or tell people where they could find out more about that and see if it's a good model for their business as well? Yeah. So that's actually a great question. And I think um, being in engineering, I've learned a lot about problem solving and processes to go about projects. Right. And um, I think it was like, a year ago when I learned about different process models, the waterfall model being one of them. And I learned that it was probably just the most efficient in this case because um, we had three guys who had three different specialties. Yeah. And so 
we decided that it would just be it would just be perfect for us to use. You know, Ben will take this, he'll ha- he'll pass it off to me while I have it. He will take on a new client and then pass it off to me, and then I'll pass it off to Derek, and, and just so on and so forth, and we could just be most efficient um, that way. So you can literally actually go on Google and just look at process models, and you can actually find developer um, process models like the waterfall waterfall method. So. Um, they're, they're, I didn't come up with the term waterfall. It's an actual method that you <laughs> right. can actually uh, implement in like any type of company or project that I learned um, in school. That's cool. No, yeah, processes are huge for for any business really in terms of, like you mentioned, efficiency mm-hmm. um, and just making sure things run smoothly, especially as a business grows and scales and you start to have more people, more employees in the business. Right. From, from what you've learned so far um, starting this business, what has been your biggest piece of advice that you would give to, to an entrepreneur that's getting started? Um, yeah, and just keep going. It's, it's tough. Being an entrepreneur is not easy. Um, I'd say just keep going and, and learn something worth giving people. Um, you know, a lot of people want to just run a business. You know, they want to start a business and, and, and get rich, but it's, it's first about seeing like what you have to offer people, Yeah. you know, and then running with it. And like, though it becomes super overwhelming, you know, like though you have, you know, this much to do in a day, but then like this much time, you know, like how could you squeeze that all in? You know, it gets extremely overwhelming, but it's fun that way. And, um, you know, yeah. So just find something worth giving people and just running with it. Cool. You mentioned at the beginning, how COVID has actually been a smooth process for you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk a bit about COVID where with so many businesses, it's been a struggle. What yeah. about COVID has been beneficial to, to mm-hmm. your company? Um, definitely. I guess for everybody it's different and I will say it's definitely been it's been a struggle for everybody me yeah. included but for my business particularly um, I think it's been um, a little bit on the beneficial side and the reason why is because um, with school I'm now inside all the time I'm now at my my workspace and I'm doing work all day mm-hmm. um, this kind of in turn allows me to be a little more productive on like my work side of my business yeah. but also because or not because, but there you have to look at how many people are failing right now at, at running companies, or at least before. Um, and though that is tragic, there is also, I'd say, the same number of people coming out with new businesses out of COVID. And because there are a lot of developing businesses, I'm here helping businesses develop and come off the ground by providing them a website or a mobile app or tech consulting or, you know, social media marketing, you know. Um, and so... Like, yeah, COVID sucked for a lot of people, a lot of businesses. And yeah. I've seen a lot of people go under, and it's super tragic. But, um, you know, on the other side of that, there's a lot of people who are coming out with really awesome products, awesome mindsets, and, you know, an ambition to start their own company coming out of, out of a, a pandemic. So And they all need websites. They all need websites. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, as, as we're closing up here, I'm really curious, you know, what your vision is for Elevate Designs moving forward um, is... Is websites and app development kind of your bread and butter? What you want to do, or do you have you know future plans um, to continue to expand in other other directions? Yeah. So obviously, since I'm studying software development and computer science, um, a website is probably the most surface level type of software that you can create for for anybody. Yeah. Um, it's super easy to make a website, and it doesn't really take any of little to none of my knowledge that I've learned in school or um, any of like my projects I've worked on. Um, I definitely want to like as Elevate Designs. I definitely want to, you know, take on a much larger team. Um, I want to, you know, expand. I want to scale. I want to work on so many other different types of projects if I get the chance. 
um, you know, I would also love to go and find out like what types of software I can create with like the knowledge that I know today and, you know, maybe implement that with my company. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a personal brand and I want to be able to provide value to people in any way that I can. Um, so now it's just kind of, we, we went from mobile apps to mobile apps and websites, you know, let's see maybe what we could do after that. Um, as we start to kind of scale and take on more teammates, um, you know, that possibility of, or, or that all those products that we are able to, um, provide will also scale. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a scaling in, in what we could offer people and our team and just, um, how efficient we can be and how much we can put out to the world at once. You know? Cool. Well, we're super excited to, to watch you on that journey and see what, uh, what you do and what you create. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks man. Cool. Well, um, as we kind of close up here, we have a quick little game we're going to play with you. Um, okay. So how it's going to work is we've got a list of 20 questions we're going to ask you, and you've got a minute on the clock to answer as many of them as possible. So we'll see <laughs> how many you can get and uh, how you do compared to the okay. other guests we've had really on like the show. fun questions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. We can go ahead and get started in three, two, one. Your dream vacation? Costa Rica. Uh, first thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars? Lamborghini Urus. Your favorite hobby? Um, programming. Uh, if there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? <laughs> for everyday activities? Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, designing a website. <laughs> the song you've been jamming to lately. Um, ooh, that's a good one. Um, Panic Room by um, Camel Fat. Um, if you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? Um, mind. Favorite holiday? Um, my birthday. <laughs> Favorite ice cream flavor? Um, strawberry cheesecake. Favorite fictional character? Superman. Um, favorite smell? Um, lavender. What's your nickname? Um, oh, downtown Chase Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So we got a total of eleven. So not bad. Not bad. That was tough. I know, yeah, it it's a, it, it's hard when they're when it's rapid fire like that, and you got the. So do you hit that with like everybody who? Yeah, does yeah, the show? yeah. We'll cool. kind of switch up the question to the order of them, but uh, yeah, we see how everyone can do. I think the higher score right now is seventeen, so someone no one's gotten twenty yet. Ooh. <laughs> I'm about to come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. In a, in a year or two, we'll uh, do a little follow up episode with you, see where uh, see where business is at, and see if down. you can hit that twenty mark. I'm down. Love it. Okay. Um, well, why don't you let our listeners know where they can learn more about you, connect with you, um, your website and social media. Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find us at Elevate Designs. Um, that's kind of like the main way you can kind of go and see what we're about, see okay. our vibe and, and reach out to us. Um, you can also reach out to us at ElevateDesigns.io. On, uh, um, that's our website. And that's like another way to uh, reach out to us. But the best is probably uh, Instagram. Awesome. And I know you have a little special offer for our listeners. Could you uh, share that quickly as yes. well? Yes. So if you go to our Instagram and DM me that you listen to the entire podcast, and if you could tell me what my favorite smell was, <laughs> you have a free consultation and a free web design for your business. Love it. Yeah. So make sure that they actually listen. That was a good they, smell. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I liked your answer there. Yeah. Okay. Sweet, man. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, uh, we've really enjoyed learning more about you and the business. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Of course, man. Thank you uh, so much for having me. It was, uh, it was fun. Anytime. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next week.
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcasts at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.